You're listening to the Moments of Clarity podcast by Six Seconds Europe. Hello, my name is Fergal O'Keefe and you're very welcome to the podcast where we will feature global experts on leadership, change and emotions, sharing their real life experiences and how they've used emotional intelligence to see the world and themselves more clearly. Every Wednesday, I will ask my guest for three moments from their life that led to a light bulb moment of clarity on how to leave their life for the better. This podcast is produced by Six Seconds Europe, who are part of the global non-profit Six Seconds and who are dedicated to growing awareness of emotional intelligence. Six Seconds Europe supports individuals, teams and organisations to develop and practice emotional intelligence to increase personal and organisational effectiveness. For further information on Six Seconds and EQ, please see our website, sixseconds.org slash EU. My guest today is Ivana Cairns, who is a Senior Vice President, Marketing EMEA at Pluralsight, a technology skills platform. Prior to Pluralsight, Ivana was VP of Global Field Marketing and ABM at DataStacks, a data management software company. She also held senior marketing positions in a number of Irish companies, including Baltimore Technologies and Network 365. Ivana has been nominated for numerous prestigious Excellence in Business Awards, including the Blackberry Women in Technology Awards and the Stevie Awards for Women in Business. Ivana also authored a number one best-selling book. As you can imagine, with a CV like that, Ivana has some great pearls of wisdom to share with us today. She talks about the importance of being aware and using emotional intelligence with her staff during the pandemic, a topic all leaders in any business will find both fascinating and helpful. So let's go to Ivana and her three moments of clarity now. Ivana, you're very welcome to the podcast. Great to see you. Likewise, good we to see you We were in college too. together. Indeed, we were. We go back a long Many way. Many moons ago. <laughs> And I was listening to you talking on a podcast recently, and that's what gave me the idea of talking to you, because you are now working in Pluralsight, Mm -hmm. and you started in March 2020. Yes. Yes. Was that just before or just after COVID kicked in? Would you believe it? Uh, I had three days in the Dublin office before we were sent home and have not returned since. So it was a very strange time to start a company. Uh, I met people in person that happened to be in the office for those three days, but funnily enough, didn't meet any of the American team or my boss. So it was a very strange way to start into a company, but it also, uh, in a lot of ways, did me a favor Um, because initially Pluralsight was not very open to remote working. And obviously I was remote, but they were requesting that I spend three days a week in the Dublin office. And as you know, I'm based in County Sligo. So that's a two and a half hour drive um, up and down. And so I did the three days and that was the end of that. Uh, it has been taken out of my contract. It's not a requirement anymore. I have proven that that's not a, something that's necessary. And Pluralsight has also become extremely open to remote working and has changed their mind completely on how all of that can work. And they're now looking at hybrid working as the way forward, which is something they would never have considered before COVID. And what I thought was really interesting was you were saying that 
you know, before this happened, the company, you know, it was a lot of in-person stuff, you yes. know, meeting from point of view sales. Mm-hmm. And now it's on, and, and I, you know, your company, I, I assumed that your company yeah. was always like that, actually, because they really embraced it, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, it's funny. They 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 didn't embrace it prior. And, and that's interesting because we're a SaaS company and the learning is all online. Um, but they just had this viewpoint that you needed to be in the office to be successful every day. Um, And it just took something like COVID to prove that that actually isn't the case and that people can be equally, if not more productive working from home. The only thing I would say that came with COVID is, you, you know, I found that I had to be much more attentive to my staff in the sense of checking in with people who were used to being in the office, who were used to having people around them, who enjoyed that social Uh, fabric that comes with, you know, working in an office. And so there was a couple of, uh, there still are a couple of people on my team that I am a little concerned about because they don't have that network of support. They're at home probably alone all day. They don't, they weren't seeing anybody from the start of the day to the end of the day during lockdown. So I found that I had to check in a whole lot more with them, you know, make sure they were doing okay, encourage them to take breaks, encourage them to go out for walks and get some sort of physical exercise. So I think that was a learning curve for me because I hadn't thought about things in that way before. Um, But again, another learning from COVID, which is not a bad thing at all. So you're saying that before that sort of, it, it was happening innately, but you probably had to think about it more now, yes. you know, especially yeah. you met someone at the cooler, as they say, and you would have a chat and, and you'd have a, a, yep. a personal chat. Yep. Whereas now you probably nearly have to really make the effort to do that. Yeah. when it's Yeah. And in, in fact, what we actually do is we set up coffee, coffee time. You know, the way, so like in place of going to the kitchen and grabbing that coffee, we set up or I set up proactively 10, 15 minutes with my direct reports. And it could just be that. How are you doing? Check in. A very light conversation. We don't touch on work, but it's more to say, are you doing okay? You know, are you seeing people? Are you getting out? Are you feeling okay? You know, um, how are you doing, you know, with, with everything that has changed in your life? And it just gives me that opportunity. And it is something that I had to deliberately think about, but now it has become a little bit more commonplace in our working days. You know, particularly this season of uh, Moments of Clarity, every person I've talked to so far said the same thing because emotional intelligence is being aware of your own emotions and other people's emotions and how to control it. So I think people are being much more aware of that going forward now, won't they? Yeah, and I I think it's a really, really positive thing because I think we were all moving at such an incredible pace prior to COVID. I mean, I remember my life prior to COVID, even before I started Pluralsight in the in the job that I had previous to Pluralsight, I was traveling to the States every other week. Um, and with four kids, you can you can imagine that was tough. Um, there wasn't a lot of time at home and there wasn't a lot of time for, you know, just dwelling on how am I feeling? How you know, how am I doing? You know, am I okay? And, you know, I just didn't have a lot of time to think not only about myself, properly about my family and definitely not enough time to think about how were my employees doing, you know? And so I think COVID has, has taught us some valuable lef- lessons in that regard. And I think it has caused us to slow down, which in my opinion was the best thing that could have ever happened. And it was the best thing that could ever happen to me and my work in life. 
And I particularly like that line because I actually was out on a walk from home because I work from home mm. when I heard you saying that line about going for a walk. Mm. And it's so crucial, isn't oh, it? Oh, yes. To get Just- out. Take that time out and, you know, it might just be a walk. It could be a run. It could be, you know, just just time away from your desk. Because when you're working at home like that, there is that tendency to stay in front of the computer. And even though you mightn't be engaged in work all day long, you might be on a, you know, a personal website or, or checking out something or shopping online. But it's so important to actually get up, walk away and clear your head. And for me, you know, that has morphed into a run every single lunchtime. And that time has become sacred for me. So everybody knows, you know, well, most people and most people respect it. Don't schedule something with Havana between 12 and 1 because she'll be gone on a run. And that's her time, you know, and, and the rest of the day is open as late or as early as you like. But just give me that hour for me to reset, clear my head and, you know, get going for the rest of the day. Exactly. So let's go into your three moments of clarity then. I like the first one and I kind of like to think that's from your background. Take the bulls <laughs> by the horns. <laughs> yeah, a bit of a farming um, uh, uh, reference there. But yeah, I mean, I think I learned early on, um, you know, that, you know, you have to speak up for yourself. Um, you can't wait for someone else to kind of ask the questions that you want to ask. And I, I actually remember the moments. I remember times in primary school where this became very apparent uh, to me. Uh, you know, I, I, th- I don't think I was a natural extrovert at the very beginning of my life, but I think I learned how to be one. Um, and a lot of people who know me would say that's BS, but I actually believe that to be true because I was very reluctant initially you know, particularly when I started school to put myself forward to to speak up. But I learned how to do it because I, you know, I, I quickly learned that nobody else was going to take it on, on for me. And so, you know, I strongly believe in having your voice, um, seizing the moment and, you know, taking the bull by the horns, as I said, because you have to, you know, you have to take ownership of your own destiny. And I'm not really for following others. I like to shape my own path to suit me and to suit the individual that I am and to suit the aspirations that I have. So, yeah, I, I can actually remember back to a moment in primary school where I was like, okay, I've got to speak up. I have questions and I need to ask them. Um, and that to me was a really, really important moment of clarity because I've taken it right through life. Um, and I think it has kind of shaped the person that I am today. And I think it has also, you know, leaked into my leadership style because, you know, I, I, I don't hold back. I'll always ask the tough questions um, yeah, and I encourage my team to do so. And I even, you know, I've, I've started to really, you know, spend time understanding the people on my team and the different personalities, the introverts and the extroverts and encouraging those who don't do this naturally to learn this behavior because it's so valuable for them, not only in their working life, but in their personal life as well. That's interesting because you're saying to speak up you and so for yourself, but you also mean then I presume your staff as well for them and you encourage them to. Yes. And I spend time with the people who don't do this. Um, you know, for whatever reason. And there are many different types of personalities. You've got those forward, uh, you know, extroverts who will be always in first. You know, they speak before they think. Whereas you've got the the introvert who's actually sitting there, you know, thinking about what they will say, um, but often don't get the chance. 
So I'm really mindful of that. And I will actually pause and stop and say, okay, well, we didn't hear from, you know, Orla or, you know, Katrina or, you know, Aoife. What is your thought on this? You know, how do you want to input here? And taking that time, I think, helps them to grow as an individual. But it's amazing what comes out of that. They have some fantastic ideas that often get overlooked because they're sitting back and they're waiting for everyone else to speak. And I learned that that's oftentimes when you'll get left behind, you know, and not everybody's looking out for the person who isn't speaking. So, you know, that's why I'm more mindful of it. But I also learned it's not a good behavior. You have to push yourself forward and ask what you need to ask and give your opinion, you know, and, and, and just, you know, get, put yourself out there. It's not comfortable, but you have to do it. And you probably see staff growing then, don't you? Yeah. When you do give them that, when you encourage them to. Yeah. And, and I, you know, career development is a huge thing for me uh, as, a, as a leader. Um, and I, I, I invest huge amounts of time in it. And this is only one part of that, you know, ensuring that they know that, you know, they have to put their thoughts forward. And it's, it is, to my, in my opinion, it's very much a learned behavior for someone that, to, which, to, to whom it doesn't come naturally. And you can teach it. And you can learn it and you can become comfortable with it, believe it or not. And you can also learn extroverted type behavior, even if you are an introvert, naturally. Um, so these are the kinds of things that I'm working with my, my staff on to make them more outgoing, more confident in their own opinions. And do you think you were in college, you, you did a master's of journalism. So you talk about it being a learned. So yeah. that's where you really learn. Do you, have yeah. you been able to pass that on then, those techniques? A little bit. I mean, I, I would definitely say, you know, journalism helped me to put myself out there. I mean, there's no better way to put yourself out there than on live radio. Um, that'll certainly <laughs> get rid of your nerves. <laughs> uh, and, you know, it, it forces you to develop a sense of confidence in your own abilities. Um, so, yeah, I, I there is a technique to it. And yes, I think you can teach that to others. And I hope I'm doing a good job of that with the, the, the folks that report to me at Pluralsight. Excellent. So let's go on. I'm intrigued by your next one is you can't always be number one. Yeah, this is an interesting one. And this uh, this I can remember to the to the actual moment. Um, I mean, whatever it was, and I think this came from my dad. Um, you know, he was number one in his Gaelic uh, profession, at least in Sligo. Mm. Um, you know, and, and I always looked up and admired that. And I knew he was, you know, amazing at football, even though I didn't see very much of his playing career. And so very early on, I wanted to be the best at something, right? And I knew it wasn't going to be Gaelic football or sport, <laughs> for that matter. <laughs> so, you know, I, I kind of hung my hat on, on my education and said, right, you know, I, I have, uh, you know, some level of smarts. Um, I definitely have a hardworking um, attitude. You know, I know how to apply myself. So this is going to be it. And so I really, you know, worked hard at being number one, which is kind of slightly, you know, um, you know, I think it would have been better to focus on, you know, being the best that I could be as opposed to being number one. And I, and I remember when I did my leave insert, I, I, I got the second best leave insert in the school and I was devastated. I mean, devastated. And, you know, I remember my mother at the time saying to me, it's an amazing result. You, you got an amazing you know, leaving cert. And now you can go on and do amazing things. Why are you sitting there with a face on you? And I'm like, because 
I was pipped at the post. You know, she got more. She's like, why does that matter now? You know, and I remember thinking, you know what? She's right. I should be celebrating what I've just achieved rather than berating myself for not being number one. So I think that was a really valuable lesson for me that you can't always be number one. And in fact, you know, you shouldn't always strive to be number one because that's not the the point. The point is, you know, set yourself a goal for you rather than thinking about the next person and the people around you. You know, be the best that you can be for you, right? And and I think it took me a while to realize that, you know, the me in that in that scenario, that it wasn't about how I compared. It was more about what I was achieving and, you know, how I was feeling about that. So I sort of changed my my focus a little bit there and was a let, little less hard on myself um, from that point onwards. That's funny you talk about football because I actually heard yesterday someone saying that Tyrone were focusing on the process and Mayo were focusing on the win and on they the just prize. wanted to get over yeah. the line. Yep. And Paul O'Connell, I actually heard him yesterday saying the exact same thing, that he, once he learned about the each moment in the match, yep. to focus on that and the process yep. and not the, you know, not how, the outcome. You know, that's how he started succeeding. Yeah, I think so, it's a Did you find that then when you went lesson. to college? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, and in college, you know, I, I still set myself very high standards, you know, uh, but I wasn't as upset if I wasn't number one. Now, as it happened, I did pretty well in, in, in DCU. So, you know, that, that, that piece worked out well for me, but I did just relax things a little bit. But I always had that goal of, you know, I want to be up there and the best. Right. And, 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 you know, I, I even it's, it has bled in a little bit into my work career, but I've had to adjust my own personal goals a little bit because, you know, even when I went into marketing, it was like, okay, what's the top job in marketing? Okay. I want to be the chief marketing officer, you know, get me there. And, you know, I've realized along the way that, you know, if I want to work for American companies living in Ireland um, and being a CMO are not going to happen. Right. You know, and those opportunities have presented themselves to me if I would move to the United States. And that's not something I'm going to do. So, you know, I've had to adjust my own goals about, you know, wanting to be a CMO. I mean, maybe I could do that for an Irish company or a European company. But again, it's about adjusting your goals and realizing what's possible for you in line with everything else that goes on with life. You know, and I have to think of my family, you know, and my extended family and, you know, the fantastic life that I have here in Ireland and wait up and say, you know what, as long as I have the life and the family, the work should be secondary to that. And, and that's something that I have, you know, changed my mindset around. And it's funny you mentioned there about when you when I read you can't always be number one. It's funny because that was the first thing that went into my head was your father actually, Mickey yeah. Cairns, who you know it was people say is the greatest player never to win in all Ireland. So right. you obviously grew up with that, you know, yeah. being number one. Yeah, yeah, and I, I grew know, up so. with, and it kind of bleeds into my third one. I grew up with that hard graft. You know, he trained so hard you know, to be, you know, what he was in his Gaelic career. And and that kind of, you know, it, it, it really did have an effect on all of us. Even when I look at my my siblings, you know, we're all very driven people. And and I think it comes from that, you know, it, 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 you know, we all knew his, his, his routine. We all knew that when it was coming up to match day, you didn't bother him. You let him get on with it. You know, you didn't ask him, you know, too many questions. You know, you let him get into the zone. 
and you let him focus, you know. Um, and I would have been very young um, in his later, latter match days, but I still remember that, you know, there was a, a process that went round, you know, the preparation for a game and you didn't interfere with that, you know. But that's an interesting one because, um, you know, he's a very talented player, so he could have got by on pure talent. Yeah. But you're saying that he... And again, it reminds me of, I was listening to Paul O'Connell yesterday and he said, you know, becoming world class and all the things that don't take um, talent. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a great line. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? And it's, and it's th- funny because he had the natural talent, but then he worked so hard on top of that, you know, to be, to make the very best of the talent that he had. And I always found that to be truly admirable. So our last question is from Emer, my wife, mm, yes. who you know very well of from college. Of course I do, um, yes. I'm and waiting it's the one for question one. that I ask. Yeah, it's the one question I ask everybody. Thank you so much. For, I've really enjoyed our talk. So Likewise. it is, if you close your eyes and take four deep breaths, where is your happy place and why? Oh, I think this is a very easy one for me. My happy place is always with my family. Um, and that's my immediate family. You know, I have four beautiful girls, uh, lovely husband, Jarlath, and then my extended family. I spend an awful lot of time with my parents, you know, with Mickey Cairns, as you mentioned, and, and Francis, and then my siblings. Um, you know, and even with Jarlath's family, and he has uh, five brothers and their family. So my happiest place is when I'm surrounded by that family. As well as aunts and uncles, you can extend it as far as you like. But that's my happiest place in all the world. And that has to be in Sligo, obviously. Well, usually it happens to be in Sligo. But if we take that family and put them anywhere, it's okay. still my happy place. I like that. So family is so important to you. It always has been. I know that. So you had this time in the last year. It was amazing. appreciate it, doesn't it? Yeah, it was amazing. I mean, it was even, you know, I, I, a lot of people were complaining about having the kids at home, you know, and, and doing the schoolwork and, you know, how, how tough it was. I actually enjoyed every minute of that. Um, and I loved having them around during the day when, you know, uh, she was three at the time. She's now four. But Avery would stick her head in the in the door and say, have you time to play? You know, and and it was just so marvelous to have, you know, to get up from your desk and go spend five, 10 minutes playing with her, you know, uh, during the day, something I never had time for. And in fact, you know, even in the busyness of my life uh, pre-COVID, I really didn't have and make enough time for them, you know, and, and I didn't spend enough time with them. And that's a regret. But I think I got a chance to rectify that. Um, you know, and, and make up for some of that lost time during COVID. So, you know, in, in all honesty, COVID came at a great time for me and it did me a lot of favors, even though I know it was a, it's a terrible thing, but it, it did bring a lot of positives with it. And, and I'm grateful for those. And there's probably people in your company that you've never met personally. Oh, yeah, say, is there? many of them. I, I actually made my first trip to the United States two weeks ago. So that was the first time to, you know, go and meet uh, my peers, my my boss, and actually spend time with them. So we had a marketing leadership team offsite, um, and uh, it was in Austin, Texas, um, and that was amazing. It was just amazing to meet people and and not, you know, interact over Zoom, but just sit down with somebody. Um, but there's still a whole lot more. I haven't been to the head office yet in Utah. Um, I'm looking forward to meeting the CEO who I haven't met yet. 
uh, and many others on the executive management team. So my next trip will be in October. Um, so we'll rectify that then, hopefully. But you say it's possible to do that, the, you know, the odd in-person meeting, but then do the rest online and, yeah. you know, the amount of time that saves, doesn't Unbelievable. it? Unbelievable. It saves a huge amount of time. And, you know, when I think of all the unnecessary trips I've made in my past life that could have been done remotely, I mean, it's a, it's an incredible waste of time and money. Um, and I think, you know, a great lesson for companies like Pluralsight that that's not the way forward. The way forward is having flexibility in the working life and allowing people choice. You know, do I want to spend one or two days in the office or do I want to work full time at home? And I think giving people the flexibility that they need, that they don't have these long commute times, it will really improve our work life balance. Exactly. That's a lovely way to finish. Thank you so much, Ivana. Pleasure, Fergal. I really enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed our guest this week. I would ask that you please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so that a new episode will appear in your library every week. I would also really appreciate if you could leave a rating and review so that others discover this podcast. For more information on emotional intelligence and how Six Seconds Europe can help you, please go to sixseconds.org slash EU. Take care and see you next week. You are listening to Moments of Clarity, Journeys with EQ by Six Seconds Europe.